0: dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby and now I can bring the entire crew my dog and all of our gear with that third row learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com call 562-314-4603 for complete details let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now that's New Balance the two-way V4 featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with Fresh Foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that Reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com.
1: You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick.
0: On this episode of the Heat Check we got a lot popping around the league. We discuss the latest news, including Dame Dollar going out for 60, one player taking a shot so bad that it gets his teammates ejected, Rui Hachimura breaking the internet in Japan, and we get into some other news around the league, including some tea on the Jameses, LeBron James Jr. and LeBron James Sr. Trade deadline approaching, so do me a favor, Nick, and drop that generic-ass beat. All right, let's start with a little news from around the league. While you were sleeping, Dame Time Lillard, Damien Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr., if you please put on A tray, a 60-piece extra crispy wing tray platter on Utah Jazz and their heads. Just ridiculous, redonkulous, stupid flames. I'm getting text messages with the clock. That's the only thing I'm getting in the text message. Just easy, efficient, one of the best performances I've ever seen. And we talk about Dame time, right? We talk about that. It's the fourth quarter, usually late in the fourth This Wednesday, it started late in the third, where Dame made the final 20 consecutive points for the Portland Trailblazers. He had 50 points, a 50-piece, after three quarters of play. One of the very few to ever do that. And the entire game was kind of like just a little kid's fantasy in his backyard. Dame shot, what, 20 for 29 from the field which is the fourth player in NBA history to get 60 and shoot 70% along the way. You have Wilt, of course, because he's right underneath the bucket and he's big and he probably dunked 80% of his shots. Karl Malone, who we hate for obvious reasons. David Thompson, who we've talked about recently. And that's just the beginning. According to the NBA, it was the most efficient 60-point game of all time. Yeah. Ah, when he was told about this, hey, uh, this is was a crazy game. Did you know that this was historic? This is what he said.
1: No, I didn't.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't. I usually when I leave here, that's when I I check my phone and I have you know messages and people sending me stuff or whatever. But I mean, I I didn't know that. <laughs> it's the most efficient sixty point game ever, for real. Probably why it felt for you. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty simple. Maybe that's see. Damn. So does
0: this sixty hit you different? He smiled looking at <laughs>
1: me. Yeah. That's crazy, cause I ain't nothing. I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking like I had a shot at the end of the shot clock from half court toward the end that I shot, it probably would have been a little bit better. I had a couple that I I missed a free throw. Damn. You also tied Jordan and Harden to the fork. Right? four which is third most Kobe six and Will thirty two. But Well he ain't catching
0: Will. Yeah,
1: that's, right. out. That. that's out. Dang, that's cool.
0: We're not catching Will. No you're not. So he was absolutely stunned, right? And this is what he had to say pretty much st- Exactly what you would think. I don't want to say that it was easy because they had big bodies and some long defenders out there, but I think usually I get into a groove where I'm just going without making those simple plays and teams start to come after me sooner. But I was kicking it ahead, I was swinging it, so it didn't feel like they actually came after me until the very end. That's why it seemed like the most simple one of all of them. Just the most simple 60 point performance of all of them that Dame has ever had. So. I think the thing that's interesting about this performance is a jumping-off point into what Dame has a new name for, this type of Dame performance. We've got Dame Time, right? But this is something different. Dame refers to this as Dame Space, like space and time. Dame Time is scoring 50. Dame Dame Space is scoring 60 on 29-shot attempts. Dame space is something that he must do and is unattainable to do and live there for an entire NBA season because, as he said, you would go crazy if you were to do that. You would have no life. You would only be preparing for the game. Sounds like me. Sounds like, well, my life is like Dame space. Uh, But Portland is going to need Dame space because they are in the 13th seed. They are two games under 500. They have been blowing leads. They're not winning close games. And ultimately, players that they should rely on, could rely on, have relied on, are no longer reliable, i.e. Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, So in the last 10 games, Dame has been an astronaut. He's averaging, in the last 10, 38 points per game, 8.5 assists, 4.1 rebounds with one steal. And he's also limited his turnovers from four turnovers per game to three turnovers per game. So his play, even when Portland loses, has been incredible, has been something fun to watch, even in a sad L. And you know what? I've thought about it long and hard. I said it on Twitter last night. I don't care anymore. Honestly, I don't care about Portland winning or losing because ultimately that makes me sad. What I do care about is watching Dame space. And if I can get Dame space, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Portland being the 13th seed and Dame feeling like he has to be Superman and he has to score 60. I am, as a better, just elated to know that as long as they're in the doldrums, he's probably going to be safe to go off for 40 pretty much every single night and they'll set the line at like 34 and a half. I am just purely happy really to see Dame be Dame again. He, remember, he missed almost all of last year with an abdominal injury and surgery. We weren't sure if we were going to get to see this version of Dame ever again. And now we're getting not just Dame time, but Dame space? A whole new level? He came back from that injury and had the ability to, I don't know, defy time, space, gravity? When When is Dame? There's another level coming. Dame monster, Dame dinosaur. I don't know. I think it's just something that we all need to appreciate. The way that teams are blazing out West anyway, we're not doing anything. Let's be honest. The Blazers, they're not going to compete for anything of note. You think this team can beat the Nuggets? You think this team can beat the Memphis Grizzlies? No. You think this team could even beat the fully healthy? Who's guarding Zion on this team? certainly not Nurk. It's not Nasir Little. No one. No one is stopping Zion on this team. So, you have some fun young pieces. you got Jeremy Grant. You're going to sign him to a long-term deal. You're going to figure out what's going on with Anthony Simons because he may not work long-term. You've got to figure out how to get Nurk off the books. And then... Honestly, and then develop the hell out of Keon Johnson and Shaden Sharp, and maybe get yourself a little lottery pick because this lottery is gonna be nice. All I care about from now on, and all I think Plazer fans should care about now, is Dame Space. As long as he's healthy, as long as he's putting up monster games, no more negative peeps from me. And honestly the media should be the same. Stop asking Dame when he's going to grow tired of this organization. Stop asking him that. That makes him sad. That makes him question whether he wants to be on this team. Why are you guys pushing Dame to want out? You cover this godforsaken team, you want to see no Dame on this team. You want to get him so mad that he remembers that he almost asked out. Fuck those people. Honestly, you are you are not worth the the pen. That is in your hand that you write those notes with. Alright, let's move on. Oh, we gotta talk about this Warriors game. <sighs> imagine Imagine taking a shot. So bad it gets your own teammate ejected. Think about that. That happened in an NBA game last night. And not just any teammate. Your star player. One of the greatest shooters, if not the greatest shooter of our generation, Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry was so mad at Jordan Poole last night that he got kicked out of the game automatically. He was so frustrated that he put on these histrionics. He was so bombastic, so showy in his frustration. Tossed his mouthpiece across the stadium floor and immediately got sent away. And I, I honestly believe that's something that we need to look at Jordan Poole about, right? I watched Jordan Poole shoot such an egregiously bad shot. Steph Curry was visibly done with him. He was done with the game. He knew, knows that it's an automatic ejection. And he was like, I'm fucking done. I'm done with this kid. He kicked out of a rivalry game, right? Like a rivalry game. That was razor close with a minute to go, a minute to go, Warriors up two, and it's just ridiculous. Do you know how bad your shot selection has to be for Stephen Curry to get ejected one out of the only three times that he's been ejected in his career? In 859 games, Steph Curry has only been ejected three times, and one of those times was because of you and your poor decision-making. Which is exactly what happened, right? Pool. this is what happened. Poole took a pass with Steph standing on the logo waiting for the ball. Steph's clapping for the ball. Yo, give me the ball, give me the ball. And what does Jordan Poole do? He chucks a 28-footer that had absolutely no prayer of going in. That's Jordan Poole. Steph then runs up the court with a look of rage, takes out the mouthpiece, and rifles it into the stands. This is not a Steph indictment. This is about Jordan Poole. We need to have a serious discussion about Jordan Poole. And I think for those who have known him since he played at Michigan, he is a nice kid, but he is one of the most infuriating players to ever step on a court. This was the perfect example. Fucks up comes close to losing the game for you and then redeems himself with the last-minute layup in order to get you the win, where you you basically, he's the puppy who shit around the house and then all of a sudden comes up to you with his toy late at night. And you're like, oh, God, like, okay, Jordan, I still love you. Yeah, get into bed. You know, that's, he wouldn't even glance Steph's way because he just shit in Steph's corner of his bedroom, got Steph ejected. And I like the confidence of Jordan Poole. I want a swag, swaggy player. But damn, you got to have some situational awareness. Like Steph is thinking at this point, all right, we've got a Grizzlies team that's tough. They've come back from a 15-point deficit. we got to be smart. we got to hit timely shots. We've got to protect the ball because we've lost four games in a row. The season's on the line. And he's thinking all of this. And you know what Jordan Poole is thinking at that point in time? I'm a gunner. Heat check. That's all he's thinking. I'm gonna shoot this fucking ball right now. Steph, of course, gracious, this is what he had to say after the game.
1: Crucial time in the game and the way that our season is gone, there's you know those questions about the height and says the urgency of how you know, every detail matters and when you want something really bad, um, you know, like just getting a win and then you know, fourth quarter execution. Clutch time type situation, you know, all that stuff does matter. So I reacted in a way that um, obviously put myself out of the game and put the team in a, in a tough place. But the intentions and the energy around what matters and the sp- sense of winning—that's that's what it's about. Thankfully, we all responded, or my teammates responded extremely well. Uh, Clay with a big shot, J.P. with you know the game winner at the end. Execution was great. <clears throat> um, we needed that one, so there's a lot of there's a sense of urgency for sure, and kind of let my emotions get in the way of it
0: no shit, but let's not get in the way of knowing that j p got in the way of you right. I love Jordan Poole. I met him when he was a freshman. And he went to the Final Four. He was alert. He was fun. He's well-mannered. He's well-meaning. There's not a bad bone in his body. I don't think he has any ill intent when he's taking 28-footers. I don't think he's spiting Steph Curry. But you got to know, dude, you are not Steph Curry. You will never be Steph Curry. You got to be more aware that this team is, our dubs are in trouble. And you are a big part of why they are in trouble.
1: First time since
0: Ben Simmons was traded, uh, Joel Embiid and the Sixers got to face off against a healthy Ben Simmons and a somewhat healthy Nets team. No KD. And as you might expect, as you might be predicting, shit did get testy. Yes, it did. It got testy so fast in what turned out to be a really good game, actually, even though the Sixers went up big at first. Tons of hard fouls, borderline cheap shots. Sixers blow a 22-point lead at one point. Nets come roaring back. Nick Claxton was awesome. Kyrie was really good. Even Ben Simmons hit some really big shots down the stretch. Game ended 137-133 with the Sixers actually getting the dub. But here's the thing. The game had 45 fouls. Seven technicals. Six on players and a seventh on a delayed game penalty that led to 63 free throws. If you are one of those people in your rocking chairs and you're praying and hoping for throwback basketball, that was it, folks. You got it. It was physical. It was nasty. It was feisty. And Ben and Joel, I think it is clear now, despite what they say, because they do tell us that, oh, we didn't, like, we weren't friends, but, like, we didn't have any problems with it. No, they don't like each other. That is big facts. They have a full-blown rivalry now on our hands, and me me personally, oh, I love it. I could not get enough of it. When asked about the rivalry during the game, Joel Embiid, as per usual, did not disappoint He said when asked what he felt playing against his old teammates. I felt nothing. Just like every single night. I'm trying to just fucking kill whoever is in front of me. My mentality is always about scoring. If I get doubled, make the right pass. If I get played one-on-one or I see an opportunity to go score, I am going to go score. I don't know that I've ever heard Joel Embiid say he wanted to fucking kill someone on a court. Uh, so this feels not the same as normal matchups. Go kill whoever you want, Joel, but just just know that that's not the same energy that you bring every single night. So he posts up on Ben three times. He missed the shot once. He got fouled a second time. He got stripped a third. But there was some extra beef going on between the teams. Joel had... More aggression, more power, more something uh, against Ben. And at one point, Embiid took a full run down the paint. Ben Simmons made a business decision to step aside. And Joel Embiid dunked the ball, hammered it home, hung on the rim an extra second. Then he twisted around and stared down Ben Simmons. Wow. That's incredible. He then shivved Ben in the back early in the game as well. So the things that are happening between Brooklyn and and Philadelphia, they are real. This is a new beef that is going to happen and continue as long as Harden and, and Bede are on the Sixers and as long as Kyrie and Ben Simmons are on the Nets, it is real. Harden does not like Kyrie. We know that. He wanted out of Brooklyn because of Kyrie. Kyrie does not like Harden they were going at each other in practice one-on-one lots of nastiness going on between the two and and Simmons we know they very much didn't like each other as teammates and now the two teams are battling for the position in the playoffs are battling for the top four they're battling for a playoff series and I hope they see one another in the playoffs don't you Watching Ben and Joel Embiid square up seven times—a Ben Simmons revenge spot—that's the kind of NBA we need. That's the kind of NBA I am looking for. Moving on, I don't know if you've heard about this because it's relatively new. There's this, there's this new technology called Chat GPT. It's AI. You can get it to do anything for you. You can get it to write papers for you. You can get it to write a script for you. You can get it to make arguments about why villains are actually the heroes in movies. There's all kinds of t- TikToks being made about it. It's blowing my mind. But what I know about ChatGBT, based on what I have heard, is that very clearly it infiltrated the NBA two nights ago. That is true. How do you know? Because they're not sentient beings, Right? these AI creatures, these robots. And you know when you come across someone who's who's not a robot. You know what's human and what's not human. We speak a certain way, right? And when you see and hear this, you will know that this is not a normal interaction between reporter and player. So Russell Westbrook was asked some questions after a very disappointing loss. Turn the ball over late, everyone's giving them a hard time. They played the Clippers, they lost by 15 or so. And then this young woman, that we did not get to see her face, did this. Um, first of all, congrats
1: on, congrats on making uh, the 24,000 uh, points mark. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, tonight you use impressive dribbling skills to successfully uh, fake out your opponents multiple times. And um, in the second quarter, you made a jump shot where your body was turned like 180 degrees away from the basket. It was just an amazing shot. You're always making these spectacular moves with just within a split second. Um, Do you anticipate doing them or is it just a second nature to you? Like, do you just not even have to think about it?
0: Pause. Uh, His answer does not matter. That's not a person. That's either. Okay, so it could be a person that ChatGBT wrote that script for her, but this is a plant. This is a 1,000% a plant. There's two explanations, right? So she's a plant is the first one. Doesn't this seem rehearsed? Is she a friend? Do they know each other? He was ready. He was smiling. Impressive dribbling skills to successfully fake out your opponent. Those words may have never been strung together ever in life before. That is a gentle question that only an NBA TNT kids reporter would ask. (laughs) Or somebody that you're just friends with. It's like when uh, Kristen Ledlow gets LeBron James for an interview. Oh, today, LeBron, you were wearing your LeBron 20s, and it looked like you were extra explosive and successfully faking out your opponent. On the other hand, though, the other potential explanation is this chat GBT idea. Getting more and more sentient by the moment, iRobot style. Infiltrating the Lakers' pressers, because this sou- sounds exactly like the question that you would have when you input or have data and that's what it spits out. Hey, help me ask Re- Russ a question that would make him happy and in a good mood. And that's the kind of question that ChatGBT would spit out. Probably one of the craziest exchanges I've ever seen in a press room. And I am not, if anything, but intrigued about who she is. Who is, uh, we didn't get to know her outlet name We didn't get to know her name we didn't get to see her face. Apparently her name is Julia McIntyre and she covers uh, the Lakers for news for you online which let's be honest probably got put up and made four days ago by chat like I it has exactly 215 followers on Twitter. She's just out of college. If this is a plan to go viral, I am I am proud of her. If she's only 22 years old and she's hitting you with the successfully used your ball handling skills to fake out your opponent, nothing but success, I hope, for her. I'm still not 100% convinced that she's not AI, though. I'm going to need to see real blood come out of her body in order for me to not say, Huh. You got to watch it again. Don't just take my advice. Don't just take my word for it of the 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 sot that we just played. Go on TikTok and Google it cuz his reaction is priceless. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the Lakers. So, moving on, Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura broke the internet. So, this is probably one of the stories I could not have seen coming. I did not see it coming, and it does now make some more sense why the Lakers may have made the trade that they did. Well, it all comes down to one thing, which is money, and we know Jeannie Buss does not have a lot of it. She's one of the poorest billionaires you've ever met. She has that as her only stream of income, and she's doing whatever that she can to keep this little family business alive. And now it makes sense why they would value the Japanese big man as much as they did. So following the trade from Washington, which is the doldrums of of relevancy, right? No one cares about what's happening here. Not even C-SPAN cares what's happening here. And they're covering this place 24-7. But Los Angeles, the Japanese streaming service NBA Rakuten, they love some Lakers, Rui Hachimura. It happens to be the only streaming service for the NBA in, the, uh, in Japan, and they immediately scheduled all of Rui's games so that all of Japan could watch him play immediately. Of course, it's the Lakers, right? So half of the country probably wanted to watch the best basketball player on the, in, the, in the world, right? LeBron James. And then you've got Russell Westbrook. He's quite enticing as well. Their game started at 12.30 p.m. Tokyo time. And you know what happened? Predictably, the whole damn thing came crashing down. Yeah. The entire streaming service Melted into oblivion 10 minutes before tip-off. They could not handle the bandwidth that Rui Hachimura, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and probably Dennis Schroeder, international German phenom, ended up bringing to the table. An entire country tuned in to catch Rui Hachimura, who I told you, I told you he is on Bags of chips all over Japan. Just know he's popular over there, and all they got when they tuned in was a 414 error. That's what they got, according to basketball news Japan. With only 10 minutes left before the game started, the country, on, the country's only official streaming service, NBA Rakuten, went down. NBA Rakuten offered free YouTube streams to the local audience starting at approximately the nine-minute mark in the second quarter. That's a rough look. That is a rough look for the first game to see Rui Hachimura. You went from streaming service that collapsed to now you're putting the thing on YouTube TV. I think the game just finished like 10 minutes ago. The YouTube TV lag is so far behind live action. Have you ever tried to watch YouTube YouTube TV? Sports, YouTube TV, I had to pay so much money just to get back on track because Twitter would be two, three, four, five minutes in front of me in my stream. If you got bad internet, it's even worse. So if you're the Lakers, money is coming, baby. Rui Hachimura is going to be very profitable for you. I saw Hong Chu who is a female basketball player for the New York Liberty. She's 6'11". She's from China. Sat next to a bunch of people who flew in from Beijing just to watch her play. Watch what happens for Rui. Ichiru Suzuki single-handedly kept the Seattle Mariners afloat for like 15 years. So maybe Rui Hachimura is the uh, is the panacea to all of the issues for the Lakers. He's going to become a cash cow for Jeannie Buss, whether he thought he would or not. So, I eat up Michael Jordan's stories. I can't get enough of them. I need to know everything that goes on inside of his crazy head and all of the decisions that he makes. He is not just the GOAT, but also what makes him more interesting is that he's certifiably insane. He's just, it just is. Ask former Hornets and current Suns big man, Bismack Biombo. He was the number seven pick in the 2011 draft. He ends up with the Charlotte Bobcats on draft day, right? He played in Charlotte from 2011 to 2015. And then actually again from 2018 to 2021. So he's been around Jordan a lot, we could probably say. So according to Bismack, Jordan would regularly murder current players in practice. For no reason. Bismack said this. Michael Jordan would come into practice and just play one-on-one with players and then just kill them. I remember, I think T-Rob, Thomas Robinson played for the Bobcats and he would just tell him how, how lesser of a player he was. Michael Jordan, pause. Keep in mind, at this time, he is 55 fucking years old, busting the ass is of 20-year-old players regularly for no reason whatsoever just to break their spirit on the team that he owns. So Bismack continues. He goes, Mike is Mike, man. I've seen him play one-on-one with players after games, one-on-one, just taking them out. So this was probably, I think, seven, eight years ago. Seven, eight years ago, he would come into practice and just play one-on-one and just kill a 100%. I didn't even think he could still move like that. What a psycho like what a psychotic person. You come in and you disparage and break down the players that play for the team that you own that you want them to have confidence and succeed. And also he still is so physically gifted. He could probably still play good minutes for the Charlotte Hornets. He probably could play Probably could step in for LaMelo Ball when LaMelo Ball twists his, like, 17th consecutive ankle. Bismack continued with this. I think somebody during COVID actually challenged him because we had a phone call. And he said, okay, give me a couple of months. I just need to get in shape. I don't need to run and all that, but just give me a couple of months and I'll be ready for one-on-one. I wouldn't suggest anyone take him up on that, he said. Could you imagine 60-year-old MJ just giving buckets to Kelly Oubre? Just giving buckets to Terry Rozier just and shit-talking him the whole time about how trash they are? Yes. Yes, I can. He is insane. No other player short of Kobe and LeBron. Probably not even LeBron, honestly. Probably just Kobe. A hundred years from now, we will be discovering new tales about Michael Jordan, because everyone is true, everyone is more crazy than the last, and I don't think anyone can get enough of them.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: All right, let's talk about Bronny James lastly. He's still in high school. And we've talked about him multiple times before, but he's lighting the basketball world on fire. And his play is getting better, but I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about all of the where is Bronny James going to school rhetoric. And now he has narrowed his choices down to three schools, Ohio State, Oregon, and USC. Probably now just Oregon and Ohio State. But the Athletic just dropped a massive think piece. I think it's their third one this year on Bronny James, so they know where their bread is buttered. They know that Bronny James moves the needle. But they are detailing the dilemma that he faces in picking a college. The problem, as the article points out, is that if you get Bronny, you probably get the whole circus. There's no, like, you just don't get Bronny and then nothing else. You're not getting him as a player. You're getting every game on national TV, all of the media in the world, all of the scrutiny on earth. It's catch 22. For me as an Oregon fan, I have zero interest in Bronny James. We are not ready for that level of smoke. We are not ready for every single game on national TV. What if he doesn't perform well? What if your team doesn't perform well? What if his season is a train wreck? What if you're not playing him and you're losing? And... How many games is LeBron James going to go to? How many is he going to show up to? How is that going to impact the fans that go to that game? Probably a lot. Is LeBron James Jr. worth the headache? The Athletic surveyed eight anonymous college coaches, and one of them had some real things to say. The expectation doesn't match the talent level, or at least not yet. And that is where it gets messy. Hmm. The expectation doesn't match the talent level. And that is where it gets messy. One, one coach said he couldn't even get on the phone with Bronny James because it was going to take an incredibly long time in order for him to be able to even reach out to his mom or his PR team. And Bronny James, let's be honest, is a top 40 player. He's improving. But there are probably 10 players at his position in his own class, rated higher than him. All eight coaches said, as it stands, the ones that were polled, he would not start on their teams or any likely twenty-five top 25 program in the country. He can ball, but he is not a starter according to those eight coaches. And it's probably too much to ask an All-American play style from a freshman, right? You're probably going to sit him at least a little bit, but he's not going to be a four-year player so what are we really talking about with Bronny james we're not getting cade cunningham out of Bronny james another coach said this Bronny is in essence a four-star player with a five-star name if it were a no-brainer he'd be signed by duke by now it would be done or kentucky there's a reason he's not going to kentucky i don't know if that's true honestly i don't know if that's I actually think that's 100% wrong. I think if Bronny wanted to be at Kentucky, he would be at Kentucky. I think Bronny is trying to find the best branding place for him where they trust the coach and that the coach will prioritize him being on the court. They will allow him to make mistakes early and play through them rather than being like Dan Hurley and benching his players every time they do something wrong. Is there programs that would concede something like that? Yes. We just said there's three programs that are on his list now that he's narrowed it down. USC, Ohio State, and Oregon, which happens to be my alma mater. I can feel that or he will be an Oregon duck in my bones. I can feel it. He's already a Nike athlete. It makes already so much sense. And Braun said he's already spoken to Dana Altman, and he knows that there is mutual interest. And I believe two things. One, a uh, Bronny James is one and done. He's not going to sit around and wait for LeBron James to collect dust uh, while he's seasoning in the college realm. I think he's going to be in and out. And LeBron James has set a timetable, right? The most important thing of all for LeBron is to play with Bronny. Bron's contract with the Lakers is up the same year that Bronny is eligible for the draft. Do you think LeBron James is going to extend with the Lakers and Bronny's just going to hang out at Ohio State for a second year? No, absolutely not. The Athletic thinks, no one thinks Bronny is actually a one-and-done player, nor does his current recruiting rank. Only one college freshman selected in last year's NBA draft ranked below 23rd as a high school prospect, Baylor's Jeremy Sohan, who played high school ball in Europe because of COVID. And as Stephen A. always says, and I get all that, but that also brings me to my second point. It doesn't really matter what his ranking is. It doesn't matter one bit. He's a first-rounder because his dad is included in this first-round package. That's it. If, if he was not connected to LeBron James in any way, yeah, he'd probably be Josh Hart. But if he gets drafted by the Rockets, call LeBron the next Hakeem Olajuwon, the next Rocket great. The circus will come to town, and it will be big dump trucks full of cash. We've never seen a, a duo like this in NBA history before, and especially one really revolving around LeBron James the greatest player of his generation, most popular NBA player on the planet. And I don't even think we can probably predict the ratings, right? Could you you imagine a sponsored prop bet for LeBron and Bronny James? That would be chaos. Could you imagine the ratings? Can you imagine the features that they're going to do? He's not the ordinary recruit because we've never seen a situation quite like this before. I cannot end the show without talking about LeBron James Sr., I can't. If I talk about Junior, I have to talk about Senior because that's how he wants it. Well, on Tuesday night, LeBron pulled a malice in the palace in Los Angeles. He was ready to scrap against a pedestrian, a random civilian sitting in the stands. Things could have gotten ugly. What happened? So he's walking off the court at halftime and at Crypto.com Arena, and a guy heckles LeBron. What does he say to LeBron James? He says this. Hey, Bron. Hey, Bron. He says it from a floor seat, by the way, which is crazy. You better get your shit together. And then he hits him with that with that receding-ass hairline. You better get your shit together with that receding-ass hairline of yours. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Bron stopped. You can see it. He lets it sink in. And then he rushes the heckler with blackness in his eyes, like the kind that my dog gets when she's ready to attack me in the middle of the night because I, I pet her the wrong way. Like, Braun had to get held back from coming after a pedestrian. And then the, as this heckler is ushered out, he goes, Yeah, look at him. He mad. You sick right now. There's there's only one thing that one can gather from this. One, Barkley has a good idea. He said this. He said that every player should get a hall pass and beat one fan's ass. And that's probably one of the best ideas that I've ever heard. But what we know is also that LeBron has a sensitive area. He has a, t- a touchy spot, something that gets him riled up. And unfortunately, that sensitive area just keeps moving back and back and back every. Every year, just a couple more inches. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Come back Monday, which means Tuesday for you, for an all-new episode. Trade deadline is less than three weeks away. Do not forget to follow us on Twitter at, at Trista Crick and at This Heat Check on TikTok. Please tell your friends. Find me on Instagram, Trista underscore Crick as well. And we'll see you next time.